This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. Today we're here with Garrett Sullivan of CW underscore woodworking. Welcome, Garrett. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. Fancy meeting you again after Makers Camp. That was wonderful. Oh, New York was a blast. Um, That was, uh, I told my wife, uh, I'm basically going to go hang out with 500 of my closest friends. Um, But she'd call me every day. She'd be like, how was your day with your friends? (laughs) But it was good. It was awesome. Yeah, no, that was my first experience. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it in in the Rob Rojas podcast, but like, mm-hmm. man, it was it was it was mind blowing. It was a blast. Um, learned a lot of things. The team got introduced to a lot of new things. So definitely was definitely was a, a, a good place to be, and we'll be up there next year. So I'm super pumped for that. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get a you know we met in person, got a little history on you, but I'd like to share it with our audience. Um, kind of dive sure. everything that's behind you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's a lot. So this shop is actually shop number 2 in this location. So uh, about 2 years ago, we had an EF3 tornado come through here and it basically ripped the shop apart. Yep. Um p- picked up a Grizzly 15-inch, chucked it. Uh so basically everything in here is either new-ish or new to, well new to me or new. Well, so, let's go back to shop one. Like, what was the what was the kind of thesis for all of this? How'd you want to jump in and do this? Where'd you learn all the skills, buy all the tools? Like, so this all got started when I got sober. So I got sober about a little over seven years ago, and I had to find something to keep my hands busy. And I'd tinkered with woodworking, you know, all my life. My dad was a tinker. Uh, my grandfather taught me a lot. He built me my first skateboard ramp when I was a kid. Um, And when he passed away, all his tools came to my dad. And when I started asking him questions, he was like, Hey, we'll just take this one. And he'd start giving me, you know, let me use tools of his. And so we, you know, I, I built my first rolling workbench to house a table saw and a miter saw. That's it. Nice. Nice. That's, that's good. That's awesome. Um, so then how did you all of a sudden decide you wanted to open up a shop and do all, do all the, uh, the fun stuff that you do? I mean, you got a stack of cutting boards ready for Christmas behind you. Like what? what? Yeah. So I made a cutting board just on a whim yeah. and gave it to a buddy of mine as a gift and his friend wanted one and his buddy wanted one, you know, word of mouth. And my wife said, why don't you try to sell them? And they were nothing like they are now. Um, a lot of trial and error in these, but back then I was like, nobody's going to buy these. They're just sticks of wood stuck together. And so I I put out on Facebook, you know, it's just my personal page. I said, Hey, I'm going to make a batch of these cutting boards who would like one. And that I ended up the first order was for 30 people. And so we did that. And about two weeks later, my wife said, try it again. See what happens. Yeah. So I tried it again. And the second order was 45 people. And she was like, I think you got something. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. So 
we, my wife decided she wanted to buy a radio station. So we moved into the middle of nowhere. Um, that's not, in America's Georgia. Hold on a second. That's not like a, that's not like a small thing to kind of breeze over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my life is nothing, but, uh, it's definitely not normal. Uh, my wife and I have been married for a little over six years together for a little over seven. Congrats. And, uh, we've lived in seven different houses. Um, in that time frame, so she used to work in radio when she was younger and she got a call from an old friend of hers that had this little radio station out in the middle of nowhere. And he was like, Hey, do you want to, you want to come do this with me and buy into it? And she was like, screw it. Why not? You know, it's one of those things. If you don't do it, it's always going to nag at you, right? Like what if, so we did it. Uh, it was not what we imagined. But uh, we stuck, she stuck with it. And while I was down there, CW Woodworking really got born. Uh, we bought a house that had a 20 by 30 foot outbuilding. Okay. So that was my shop. Yeah. Uh, I wired it, you know, 220 and all that stuff. And I started doing, I started traveling and doing markets. Um, I traveled back to Chattanooga, back to here a lot. And I was doing this little market out in front of this uh, a hotel called the Westin. Yeah. Uh, so we were out front, I was out front of there for, I did that for about a year and there's another market here in town. It's called the Chattanooga market and it's a staple in the community. Over 200 vendors. That's a, an old, looks like an old warehouse that was turned into a huge pavilion. And my wife was like, just try. I was like, no, there's, there's a guy that's been there since it, I think at that time it was 17 years. They knew him as the board man. I was like, they're not going to let me in. Yeah. Uh, because you have to apply. You have to show them your shop. You have to show them your process. Uh, everything's handmade at that place. So I put my paper in to apply. I was like, screw it. I'll do it. And come to find out the board man had put in his retirement paper that day. So we slid right in. Uh, we've been down there. This is our fourth year yep. down there. And it's amazing. It really is. Um, we're there from April through the end of November. And then December, we move inside for a week, uh, three weeks. Um, so, yeah. And uh, the best part is this is my side job. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's awesome. That's people. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I do uh, like to touch on, on, on people's main hustles a little bit, but like, um, is it related to what you do or is this completely different from what you do? Or are there any carryover? Completely different. Wow. Absolutely different. Um, I am in the tech world. I am what you would call a scrum master, yep. uh, layman's terms. I'm a project manager. Um, I am a contractor. I actually work for a company called tech system, but I'm at Whirlpool right now. It will be, I think I just, I think they're almost about to sign my contract for 2023. Um, so, yeah, so we've been very blessed in that aspect. Um, a lot of hard work, um, especially with this. Uh, I now have an apprentice. He may show up at some point. Um, he doesn't know I'm doing this, so he may just walk in and look dumbfounded. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> and I've got a salesperson yeah. that works for me sometimes. That's cool. So That's cool. it's grown and I love it. Does, um, does, is, are there any carryover traits? Is there anything that you do in your normal job that help you out here? Um, what, with, with the business aspect of it, with fulfilling orders, keeping everything all together or, or 
just no no carryover whatsoever. There's really no carryover. Uh, I keep this I keep this separate. Um, this is my therapy, if you will. Yeah. Uh, some some people ask me, they're like, you know, how is this relaxing to you? Mm-hmm. I said, well, basically every machine in this shop, in some form or fashion, can kill me. Yeah. So you got to cut your, you know, you got to block everything out and just kind of put it aside for, you know, I'm in here a couple hours every day. Uh, and it's nice. It's, it's stressful right now because it's the holiday, but um, most times it's, it's just relaxing. Well, uh, I, I mean, there, there is kind of some excitement to the fact that you're one of the, one of the few people that bring it up is that, you know, how dangerous some of the equipment that we work with is. And um, I mean, I wouldn't say there's, there's, there's um it's thrilling in like a, a thrill seekers way, but it, to some no. it, it is you harnessing your craft something that, that a lot of people would consider dangerous or, or using stuff. I, I mean, I've had metal removed from my eye. I've had like all sorts of, all sorts of mishaps in, in my, mm-hmm. in my time. And, you know, when you do tell those stories and you do talk to people, they're like, really that happened to you. And it, it, Kind of, I mean, not to not to make it sound like it's a a small part of the day, but it is it is funny to to um, to see ha- have that uh, go on behind you and and uh, around those tools and and pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the one thing I can tell everybody, and if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. As soon as it happens, you, you freak out. You step away for a minute, <laughs> right? Everybody, it's like that that everything in life pauses. And you've just replayed your entire life, but you got to get right back into it. Yeah. You have to. Either that or the blood just doesn't start flowing yet. And then you're sitting there looking at it going, this thing's going to bleed like no other, but not happening right now. Like I had a, I had a table saw kick back on me. It was my, my first table saw. It was an old craftsman built in like the sixties. And I was cutting up some heart pine and it pinched and came back at me. It was a piece about, you know, inch and a half by inch and a half. Yeah. And it was long. Grazed off my rib cage, knocked the wind out of me, and then literally stuck in the metal building wall. <laughs> it, it kicked it back so fast. Um, and I was terrified. But the next day I had to get back, you know, I had to get back and cut the same thing. Otherwise, I would probably never do it again. Yeah. So, I mean, we used to, I used to cut some pretty big pieces of metal and, and we had this big, hilty, like, widow-maker of a saw. And I'm just, it's bucking on you as you're, as you're holding it. And I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Right? Yeah. And we got your father looking going, <laughs> that, like, he's been doing it for years. Like, th- this is this is what it is. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've had discs break apart and slam into the wall and, and what have you. And you're just like, oh, geez, man. We, uh, my apprentice and I have been talking, he's like, I want to get on the table saw and do some thin cuts. And that's where you can really start splitting and blowing stuff off there. And yeah. it's like, I mean, if you're, it's fun to teach you. That's been a fun part. That's a, a whole different aspect is I never thought I'd have an apprentice. I just needed help in the shop. Yeah. Um, he's actually my child's, uh, partner and he is amazing. Good worker. Yeah. Yeah. But I never thought I'd be that guy that would be teaching somebody else. And I really enjoyed it. Um, so we're going to look at, we just found out there's a high school here that has a woodshop yeah. class. And I'm going to try to see if I can get involved next year. Um, a lot of them show up at the market and ask me questions. Yeah. 
like, hey, I'm making a cutting board. Can you help me with this? And that's that's been fun. That's a whole separate piece I'm trying to think about doing. Because you and I, we live in this world, yeah. right? We live around these tools. We know these tools. But there are people that don't know how to use a drill. <laughs> There's the- Just because they've never, been a, they've never been around it, right? Like, I used to laugh at people like that. But in all seriousness, um, they've just never, you know, it's like a sewing machine. I've never been around it. I would have no idea how to use it, but my mom would laugh at me. She'd be like, no, no, you just do that. Well, I mean, and, and, and it's, it's cool because, um, you know, first off, there's the scary portion. People don't, people don't realize it, but as a new manager, a new foreman, um, just anybody, you know, you're in business for yourself and you're taking that next step and, and having somebody work with you. Um, it is kind of scary because there's not not only the admin side of things like, you know, how am I going to pay this guy? When am I going to pay this guy? You know, sick time, all that, all that stuff. But yeah, the passing on the knowledge, like, am I doing it the right way to be able to tell this guy, like, I'm getting the job done, right? But am I actually doing it the right way? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. The the whole empowerment aspect is, is, is interesting, but you're right. I've handed kids a screwdriver and they didn't know which end to use. Um, or, or couldn't even tell you what it was, but I mean, that's a fulfilling side of things too, is, is being able to, uh, to help them through that. Pass that knowledge along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From, and, and, and you, you know, us, us that are in the trades take a lot of things for granted when, when it comes to taking something apart or building something that when you actually go to, um, you know, you find somebody that hasn't been able to do it and they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm hanging this toilet paper holder on my in my bathroom and they got the template out and they're drilling the holes and it's just you know i had a buddy like this and i went in and i showed him and he's like i can't believe you can do that and and it was something so small for me but something like mind-blowing for him he would have paid a contractor to do it yeah and you know my wife will say that she's like you know our friends of mine they'll say well we can just hire somebody to do this and it, it was building some floating shelves yeah and uh I was like, why would you, why would you pay somebody to do that? Like, you don't think about it just because we're around it. Um, what were we talking about a minute ago? Oh, the radio station. <laughs> How we got off onto teaching people. Uh, yeah. So she, my wife came to me and she was like, Hey, I want to, uh, I want to do this. Yeah. And me, I'm just sure. Why not? Let's go. So we moved down there. We were down there about two years. Um, and then it was just, it was, we were done with it. It wasn't what she wanted after some time. And so, you know, we sold out of it and moved back here. So first shop, you got it all set up. You obviously have, um, you know, tools that you've, uh, acquired over your, your, uh, life from various people from buying yourself. Um, then it all goes to shit you get. Yeah. So we, you know, when we moved back here, that was the part I was going to get into. When we moved back here, you know, I moved out of the shop I had. I was used to a 30 by 20 foot building. And when we moved back, my wife and I have a goal. And I think that goal is going to start next year, finally. Uh, pretty excited. But we had to rent a house. So you can't put a shop in a rental, yeah. right? So uh talked to my mom, my, my pop, and we put the shop at their house. My father has arthritis in his spine. Uh, he's about, you know, he's a big boy. And so movement is hard for him. Yeah. Well, what we noticed and what we figured out is when I came over here, he would come out and tinker and play at his workbench. 
and just mess around. Yeah. And so a couple Saturdays, mom would call and she'd be like, Hey, are you coming to your shop today? I said, no, I hadn't planned on it. Why? She said, well, dad was asking, he was, you know, seeing if you were going to be, I'll be there in a minute, <laughs> you know, cause it's cool to hang out with my old man. You never know how long you get. So it's, yeah. uh, it's to the point now that we've bought another house and I, I could have a shop there, but I don't want to move it from here Yeah. because of him. Yeah. And so we're here until, you know, we'll, we'll at some point move it into the new property, but, um, for right now we're hanging out here. <laughs> so yeah, everything got destroyed. Uh, this whole house we're in right now, uh, there used to be walls everywhere and there just aren't anymore because they redid the entire, the roof was completely ripped off. And so they basically redid everything in this house. Uh, what was going on? So, Oh, well, we were at our house. This is my mom and dad were here. Oh, this, okay. is, this is their house. Oh, all right. Yeah. So we were at our house. Uh, our house got destroyed too. Our house shifted about five degrees on the foundation. That's rough. Uh, we were in it. Uh, my wife froze. Thank goodness. She doesn't remember much because I threw her down a flight of stairs. Um, my daughter, you know, it was one of those things where one thing had been different. It would have been a completely different story. Everybody we talked to, there were, the base of this tornado was over a half a mile wide. And everybody had that one moment that I talked to. There were only four deaths in that. That was it. And it looks like a war zone around there after. Um, but yeah, we, it was terrifying. You, you, you know, the fight or flight thing's real. Yeah. Um, I was making sure my, my child and my, my wife were okay. Uh, and her golden retriever, Gary, that, you know, anything happens to that dog, we're all in trouble. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, yeah, so, so then, we, then we had people come over here, help clean up trees. You know, we had a ton of trees down everywhere. We didn't have to worry about our place too much because it was a rental. Um, but we had to find a place to live. Yeah. So we did that for a little while and then we started dealing with insurance, which was a blast. Let me tell you, um, I went through and looked at all of my tools, wrote down everything that was wrong and we sent it to the insurance person and they said, uh, you know, cause my dad had helped on a lot of these tools. They were his tools and, um, the insurance person was like, we'll have an electrician come out and look at them. And I'm thinking, cool, if you could have a pool guy come out and look at the cars, that'd be about as helpful. <laughs> he didn't find that funny. I did. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so went to, went by Woodcraft because I knew those guys. We've got one here locally. Yeah. And they, I didn't know this, but this one for fire, flood, any kind of disaster like that, they'll send somebody out to assess the damage of your tools. That's, uh, that's, that's actually pretty neat. We, we talked about this cause that's like, that's like my worst nightmare is, is, um, I mean, theft, any of that stuff we've talked about it, we've kicked it around at the shop. Like you really got to ask those questions, especially if you're bringing tools somewhere else or even, even on your own mm -hmm. property, because they'll cover so much, even if you document everything and stuff, um, insurance companies, will fight. I actually had to take out insurance additional insurance on my toolbox because it was worth so much 
because my company's policy wouldn't cover it. And I'm like, this thing walks out the shop. I'm screwed. My life, my livelihood is gone. You're done. Yeah. You can't, it, I, there was no way I could have come back from everything I had acquired over the last six years. Yeah. Cause everything we made profit wise went back into the shop, new tools, new, you know, things that make it easier. And, and you know, we went from, I went from a little grizzly six inch bench top joiner to now it's a, you know, eight inch wide, 72 inch bed, you know, there's no way you could have come back from that. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's crazy too, because, you know, a lot of people just assume that insurance is going to cover it. Well, and it, it's a plethora of things like hail damage, you know, flooding, doesn't matter. Right. People assume right. that the policy will take care of it. They might take a hit on it for depreciation or what have you, but that's not the case. Like you, you might not get any of it covered. Right. How, how do they know that you had that screwdriver in that spot? And they're going to fight you tooth and nail over it. You know what I mean? So just documenting everything, make sure that you understand your policy. Um, take out extra insurance if that's your livelihood. And renters. One thing. Yeah. <laughs> renters, just, renters insurance is huge. Um, one thing we've started doing now that we never did before was we'll take random, like every about three months, we'll take a video walk around the house and just take a video yeah. of everything, yep. every room, open up every door cabinet, because that's one thing my parents, they lost a lot. They had to go through everything. Yeah. And my mom's like, there's no way I could document. She's been in this house for 30 something years. Yeah. I don't even know. You're not going to remember. All <laughs> right. So yeah, anybody, I recommend taking a video of your house, your shop, everything. Just, it doesn't have to be a long one. Because you can pause on everything if you yeah. want. Um, but yeah, I recommend that. So the tornado happened. So we started rebuilding and we kept the shop here. And then, then we really started doing big things. Um, I now work with several hotels in town, um, doing pieces for them. Uh, I, I have a realtor that's on contract yep. with me. Uh, they get so many a month. Um, Pause that thought. One second. No worries. That's the one, that's the one thing you, that's the one person you can't tell you have a podcast and that's your dog. They don't give a crap. <laughs> so speaking of dog, we have three dogs. Yep. Two cats, two turtles, and a mother-in-law. <laughs> no, she's all right. Uh, you know, I, I gave her hell at the beginning. But now, I mean, I literally will openly make fun of her, and she openly makes fun of me. She laughs at my dad jokes. It's amazing. She walked downstairs one day, and she goes, I have a problem. I said, you're old? <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad for my wife. I mean, it, it's bad for me, but uh not as bad for my wife my my parents moved back in the farm so they've been they've been help, helping out and it's like a blessing and a curse i know she's gonna be watching it swearing in the comment section but it's it's, just like, <laughs> it's uh i mean one day they're your best friend and, and everything's flowing and the next day you're just tripping over each other and you you're, you're like you know why can't you get another house like go away yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the butler of the house. <laughs> Figure it out, people. We're grown here. So, um, go ahead. no, you were working with people in town, the realtor. Um, yeah, so we got the realtor. Um, we've got 
the two hotels yep. that we've worked with, uh, one we still continuously work with, uh, we just did some charger plates for their chef's table. Um, that like it's only 12 people and the chef does this big customizable dinner it's pretty cool so, so uh, what, what what is that a charger plate you mean so uh charger plate if you ever go to or you see like a decorative table mm-hmm. like somebody's decorated a big table um you'll see the dinner plate like a bigger plate under yeah yeah uh, that's a charge oh, okay yeah i didn't know either <laughs> uh, a lot of this to be honest a lot of this i learned from my mom she was a wedding planner forever okay uh, so I learned a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, so one thing we did do after the tornado is, and it's a mess, and she's going to murder me if she ever sees this, but I want to show you this real quick. Let's see. Well, here. my wife doesn't watch the podcast, so. Oh, this is my mother. <laughs> so let me show you this guy. Wow. That is solid eight quarter white oak trestle table that I made. Took five of us to get the top in. Wow. I was more admiring the placemats. Who did those? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The the table's amazing. (laughs) Well, what's really bad is I have to look because it could be somebody (laughs) around here. I mean, the cabinets my friend made here. you know, there's, there's literally, a, there's a lot of handmade stuff around here. Cause you know, we, I like, I like supporting small businesses. Mainly I learned a lot from having one. Yeah. Right. Um, so we, I got a sales guy to work part of December because my wife's favorite holiday is Christmas. Yeah. And so one of the, one of the Sundays I'm not there, she and I go down you know, if somebody wants to go with us, cool. But me, she and I go down and we just, we do a lot of Christmas shopping from all the vendors that are local. Um, but yeah, so big things coming up. Um, I am actually, my wife, what's today? 30th. So in eight days, uh, that's my wife's last day at her job. She has been off and on at this company for over 15 years. She started there when she was like 19. Yeah. Um, and between my day job and how well the woodworking is going, I'm, I'm going to retire my wife and she's going to be the admin. So the website, uh, we've been working on that and the website will kick off hopefully in February. Hell yeah. Congrats. And she's going to handle, she's going to handle the, uh, admin for that. And we're going to start pushing to be in a lot of these local shops. Um, my goal one day is to take on booze blocks. Interesting. Why not? <laughs> there you go. So, so obviously you're looking to expand or is this kind of where like your comfort zone you want to be, or you're looking for like a, you know, a place to, to set up shop and sell, you know, out of, or are you just looking to distribute with, I will, I won't ever have a brick and mortar. Yeah. Um, because there's just not enough business for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get, you know, can I make other stuff? Yes. Do I want to? No. I fallen into a niche. I, you know, when we were down in Georgia, uh, my wife would go out to sell stuff and they'd be like, Oh, your husband's the cutting board guy. She's like, we've been here for three days. How do they know? I'm sorry. I I talk a lot. (laughs) Never met a stranger. I don't care. (laughs) Um, she gets, so she, she actually told me one day, she said, uh, don't be mad if scarecrows don't talk back to you. 
I just, I don't have, I've never met a stranger in my life. Well, wherever we go, I've made a friend. There you go. Um, yeah, why not? Life's too short. Uh, so yeah, so she's going to do the admin of that and we're just going to see where it goes. Um, with her doing the admin side, the shipping side, the business side, all I have to do is make stuff. Yeah. That's amazing to me. So that, so that leads me to another question is, is like, yeah. you, you don't work under anybody. You work for yourself. And that was kind yep. of where I became stagnant in my career was I became the shop foreman quickly. And then I realized there were no other inputs into my life. Right. It was whatever you learned on YouTube. Um, whatever you learn from a school that you happen to sign up for or whatever, where do you get your, your expanded knowledge? So is it like, obviously makers camp was one of them, but like, you know, how often are you learning new things? Where are you, where are you consuming this knowledge from? So I have a lot of friends locally that do different things that I like to hang out. I try to hang out as much as possible. I don't have a lot of free time these days, but um, as far as the cutting boards, people, you know, people have asked me like, where did you, cause like I said, the first ones are way different than now. I said, a lot of it's trial and error, yeah. um, you know, and then seeing Instagram, uh, a lot of my best friends now, um, are from Instagram. Yeah. There's a guy out in Colorado. Actually, he just ordered a pair of boots the other day. Uh, we were talking about that and he said, uh, you know, he goes, you know, we've been friends for almost five years. He stayed at my house yeah. and when we were in Georgia. Um, but I learned a lot from him. Um, you know, I, good mutual friend of ours, Lucas. Uh, I bounce ideas off him all the time. Yeah, and that's, and that's cool uh, to work with, with uh, people nationally because, um, you know, there's a lot of regional secrets that, that have been passed on from generation to generation from, you know, woodworking techniques to, metal craft to what have you that somebody in the Pacific Northwest and somebody from Northern Maine do things completely different. And once they jive, you're like, Oh shit. Like we just came up with something and it's pretty awesome. So we, uh, man, I call him Kansas guy. He's actually from, he lives in Colorado now, but he originally is in Kansas. (laughs) And my wife, you know, she tells me all the time, she goes, I can't keep up with all your friends. You've got to. So we've started making like monikers, like, um, y'all will be rolling one of, you know, I was talking to one of the Brunt guys. I know your name. She's never going to remember it. That's what you are now. Just deal with it. Uh, Kansas guys, Kansas yeah. guy. Um, but we'll talk in like what sells in my market. He's never thought about over. Right. And what's in his market. I've never thought about. And so that's where this collaboration with all these trays came from. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's just like I'll rant. I guess some of my best friendships and the best people I learn from are random strangers. I know that sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine. He makes guitars and he makes some of the most beautiful acoustic guitars you've ever seen in your life. Okay. And I met him in Georgia. He had a little shop in that town we lived in. And I literally, you can ask him to this day, he laughed. We laugh about it. I literally walked into his shop. It's like, hey, I'm a woodworker. You're a woodworker. We're going to be friends. Like legit just basically said that and he's one of my best friends in the world. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I mean it's 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 really kind of that like showstopper. Like what's what's gonna grab somebody's attention? You're you're obviously engaged in what they do. Um, you know, so did I just pique your interest or did we just cut through all the bullshit and we're not gonna be friends, so there was no point in having that thirty minute interaction right. that nobody actually gave a crap about. 
Right. Like he, uh, one thing I do now with my cutting boards is I call them pinstriping. So it's almost as thin as like veneer. Yeah. And I'll run it between two dark pieces. Um, and it literally looks like a pinstripe. And I got that from his inlays on his acoustic. Yeah. Like he runs a real thin line around certain places. Uh, and so that was a, a very odd collaboration there. And, um, I was up in Toronto, but you know, I guess I've got away from your question. A lot of it is I like the personal interaction. Yeah. And so I'll seek out people that do what I'm looking for. Um, I, I will use YouTube. I don't, I don't do YouTube a lot. I just don't. Yeah. I don't know why. Just never have. Um, unless I want to do something specific. Uh, it's usually something that's way outside of my comfort zone, like electrical work yeah. or, you know, plumbing. Um, I'll go there. But I really like if I know somebody that, that does it, because I was a bartender forever here in town. And so I've met a lot of people. And so if somebody does something I want to know about, I'll literally just call them up and say, hey, I want to pick your brain for a little while. That's good shit. <laughs> I don't know. I'm no, I mean it is. It is. And it takes a, well. It, amazing is, is it takes a certain class of person too. Um, you know, having that outgoing personality, um, being able to talk, obviously helps with the customer service aspect and all the the sales aspect that you do. But it also helps you get information that you want out of somebody. Whether it's you know, hey, what do you do? Show me what you do. A lot of people shy away from it, and then you know on their ride home gone, ah, shit, I should have, I should have asked them about this. Right. And it's always having those regrets that, that, um, you know, if you can cap, if you can see them and capitalize on them before you actually have that long car ride home going, well, I wish I talked. And I, that happened to me at makers camp. There was a few folks that I wanted to talk to at, at makers camp. And I just, you know, one, I couldn't find, but, um, you know, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot. Um, so I yeah. definitely capitalize on them next uh next go around but yeah oh i was like ride home i was like shit i wish i got 15 minutes with that person uh you know you you asked me earlier if my day job leaked into this lot yeah. this life this uh so when i was at maker camp and lucas was making fun of me until about day two <laughs> um i had taken the schedule and literally made a cat my cat on my calendar put down you know, like meetings, but they were the classes yeah. that I wanted to do. Yeah. And so my calendar, and I was showing it to Lucas, he was like, well, you're not going to do and About day two, he was like, okay, I can see how that was smart. <laughs> uh, but he laughed at me for having that. I was like, dude, this is how I, my brain yeah. works. Um, I set alarms for, I forget everything. Yeah. Ask my wife. It's so bad. Uh, so I literally will just say, hey, Siri, set an alarm for this. And, uh, all of a sudden, I'll be out in public, and an alarm will go off and be like, uh, pick up dry cleaning. <laughs> you have to set an alarm for that? Like, uh, I won't get yelled at later, so. <laughs> my wife, there you go. I'm laughing because my wife does the same thing, except there's no there's no label to it. So an alarm will go off, and she has no idea what she set it for. <laughs> See, I learned from that mistake very early on because I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> What's this <laughs> for? No idea. No clue. <laughs> that's just didn't you set an alarm i sure did <laughs> so so <laughs> get this thing back back on the rails here 
<laughs> one of the one of the things I like I like to ask is um so obviously you know one of the biggest challenges you had was was rebuilding the shop and and going through the whole insurance process and all that but what is one of the current challenges that you're facing that you want to kind of overcome or or you're dealing with now burnout really yeah yeah burnout um so I've been doing this for to be this is my sixth year my fourth year at this market um let's be honest cutting boards are not rocket science yeah they're just not um i do things that are specific that are special i've got something really cool in the works um but i've been basically been making the same thing for six years and there's not a lot of i don't do customize you know i'll do a little bit of customized you know inlay work um but with the market nobody wants to Nobody comes out to a farmer's market ready to spend $300 on a cutting board. Yeah. Right. So I, I keep it simple, edge grain boards. Uh, and I was talking to my wife about it. So we're going to start doing something pretty cool. And I, I've put out some prototypes. I almost brought it up to Maker Camp as my maker gift, but it wouldn't fit in the suitcase. Yeah. Um, we've been making these customized, these custom birdhouses. Uh, I found one my grandfather made. He was using steam bending and um, patinaing metal. Uh, just fun stuff with just junk he found. Yeah. So I, I've been playing with that, but yeah, burnout's a big thing I've been dealing with lately. And now, if you don't, when, if you don't mind me asking a personal question, because I know it affects sure. guys in the trades a lot, but um, burnout's dangerous for your sobriety. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm a I'm a very rare odd bird. Like my sobriety wasn't easy, but it wasn't hard either. I was given a choice one day. Uh, my bosses, who happened to be two of my best friends, they were in my wedding, yep. uh, pulled me aside and said, listen, either get sober or you're fired. And I came home. My, my wife, was she was my girlfriend at the time. And I came home and I told her what happened. And she goes, well, I don't disagree with them. Either get sober or I'm leaving. Yeah. So I quit, I quit drinking that day. But... What I find when I when I do burnout, um, and a lot of people that deal with you know mental issues of some kind, you'll see, you'll notice they're always doing a project. Yeah. And that's me. I always am doing a project, but I've, I've started focusing it more on good stuff. Like we have a garden now. I yeah. love it. Um, I've learned how to compost, which is fun. Uh, I'm just now, and my wife literally told me this today, said, you're not Superman. If you, I was showing her everything that I had made. And she said, if you don't think that's enough, that's on you. Because I never think, I'm never where I want to yeah. be. Um, so burnout, I think is because I push myself so hard all the time. And I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. So, so it's kind of, I mean, adding another variety or adding a new skill, a new product, that's, that's really going to liven it up a little bit and make things better. For you. Well, that, and, you know, I always say I never have enough made for markets. I always sell exactly what I need to. I always have enough, yeah. but I never think it. So one thing I've really actively started doing is setting aside 30 minutes, 45 minutes when I'm in the shop to do something yeah. new to try something different. Um, 
you know, that's how the birdhouses started. That's how um, the trays started. Uh, that's also how I started. Have you ever heard of a noodle board? I, I have, but it's not. Stove top cover. Okay. Basically a board that you put over your okay. stove. Uh, I started making some really high scale mm. ones. Not just, you know, a lot of them you see have somebody's name on them and they just have little iron handles yeah. on them. Um, mine are basically really big cutting boards. Um, and I use a lot of exotics, a lot of Peruvian walnut, uh, a lot of black limba. Where do you get it all from? Um, uh, I've got a couple of vendors around me. I just found one that's down in uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, okay. which is about an hour and a half south yeah. of me. Uh, that literally delivers it to my doorstep. Okay. Game changer. Do I pay a little bit more? Absolutely. Do I care? None. Yeah, I just didn't know. Time is my biggest. Yeah, thing. I didn't know if you were importing it yourself or if you went through a. Mm-mm. I'm not on that scale yet. I'd like to be, but not yet. We we have a. I guess my goal, what's really I'm putting my effort towards now is. What's going to happen in 15 years? Yeah. What am I going to be doing in, I'm 43. What am I going to be doing in 20 years? Am I still going to be making cutting boards? Got to prepare for it. Probably. <laughs> because it's, I mean, the this business is very lucrative. We've done very yeah. well. So it's a great retirement yep. plan. It's just getting over that hump of the burnout right now. And I think after the off season, cause I don't step foot in my shop from January till the middle of March yeah. after the holidays. Um, but one thing we're looking at doing is Airbnb experiences at the new place. Hmm. You want to come work in the wood shop? Come, we're going to build some little tiny houses on the property. You want to come work in the wood shop? Come stay a weekend. It's going to be a hell of an insurance policy. <laughs> yeah, I've already looked into that one. Trust me. Here, sign your uh, waiver. You, sign your waiver. Yeah. Oh, that the we've got a friend that's a lawyer. He's like, dude, that waiver is going to have to be like. It's like that's why I'm pay. I'm going to pay you. We to uh, we uh, with our horse farm, we did the same. We had to. I mean, and it was our boarding agreement and our. Um, our waiver was just like, it was probably one of the most expensive documents that we've paid for. Yep. And worth every penny. Well, right. Hopefully. <laughs> it hasn't been. Yeah. Right. I mean, you don't want, you don't want to have to use it, but I'm saying if you, you know, it's like a condom on prom night. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Uh, <laughs> my wife. Um, you know, but. My wife is second generation Italian who was raised in the country. Yeah. She can cook. Yeah, yeah. So she, and she can't cook for two people. When she cooks, it's like a meal for 10, but it's a family two. style. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's fun to see where you're at now. Uh, and the people you meet, that was one of the things that brought me to you guys. Um, I started seeing how you're, y'all handled the community around you and i got tired of i am tired of supporting companies that have no idea who you are or care right and so that's what i want to do in my business is get more involved in the community i do a lot more charity work now i'll donate to certain things um 
but I donate to what I want to donate for. I donate, I don't donate to just people that ask because most of the people just ask, they just want something yeah. free. Yep. So we've started doing that. I don't know. I, I literally, my brain goes all over the place. So just stop me when Ooh, I this off. is This is one hell of a podcast. It is, it is, uh, we're branching out in all directions. Love it. I love it. <laughs> um, I was very, I was very excited, you know, and, Am I am I childish when I say I was extremely excited to do this? Absolutely not. Most people would, you know, most it's funny, especially as males, right? We're taught to be like stoic. Yeah. Right? Just by general like no. Dude, I was excited as like I was getting like a school kid. <laughs> and it's for different reasons. It's because somebody wants to hear what I have to say. Yeah. Somebody wants to talk to me because and I'm getting off here in about 15, 20 minutes and I'm going to talk to a group of parents about sobriety and kids. They asked me to do that. So I don't know. I guess I'm trying to break the stigmatism of you can't be, you know, you can still be excited like a kid about stuff. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, life's worth living, right? Might as well get excited, sharing the emotions. I mean, I, I agree. There's, there's days that I feel emotionless, if you will. And, and, and yeah. I know I should feel some emotion and it's like, you know, certain things don't bother me or, and I'm like, it should bother me. Like I, I should be, I should be upset or I should be happy or what, whatever the feeling is. And, and you're right. I mean, I guess, I guess you get numb to it. Um, you know, well, you, you, you push it aside yeah. so much that it's just, Repressed. that's your, <laughs> That's your go-to, yep. right? That's how you handle things. That's your immediate reaction is something bothers you. Yeah. Uh, I'll just focus on something yep. else, you know, skin your knee, walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> Not feeling good. Take it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That's one thing we've been talking about with my, in my group of friends is really pushing uncomfortable communication. Um, admitting when you're overwhelmed mentally. You know, because we've all been there. Small business. I mean, there's been days that you literally don't know what to do because yeah. you're so overwhelmed. Whether you agree, you know, whether you admit it or not, you've been there. Everybody has. Um, and so we try to, you know, we try to talk to people about that. Anybody I come in contact with, I'll bring that conversation yeah. up. And that's where your true, com- you know, your your true relationships in this line of work come from. Well, and and having that open line of communication too, um, I don't know. There's there's been people that have that until you've had an experience, right? Um, and and I, I'll use this one. I, me and my wife were trying early on, and, and we had a miscarriage, right? And and mm-hmm. you know, then we found out from the doctor that you know, essentially, it's like one in three, right? And and then so now I'm starting to now I'm starting to then I started to talk to people and they they've had miscarriages and they and and it was crushing for me, but on on the flip side right, nobody would volunteer that information prior to the event. So nope. Here I am feeling like I've done something wrong, like her body has done something wrong, like we've done something wrong here, and then come to find out once you started talking to people, you're like. I mean, it doesn't make it any, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it any easier, but it makes it better knowing that somebody else has got a hundred percent. And it's like, 
it's like, damn, if I had known this, like I, you, now you're now all of a sudden you're getting better support. People are telling you, you know, because then there's the healing process and, and, and that's what helps with, with healing. And I feel like a lot of people are just so um, guarded and close that, that they, they won't tell you like, Hey man, I've been sober for 15 years. What? Like, <laughs> how'd you start, like, and then you can start asking those questions. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, people, it, it really makes people, you know, one thing I learned, it really makes people uncomfortable telling them you're an alcoholic. Yeah. Most people do not hand, they don't know what to do. Uh, people will be like, Hey, do you want a beer? No, I'm good. Why not? Uh, I've been sober for seven yeah. years. And all of a sudden, people's demeanor changes. But I like to do that because, I, I you know, it's okay. Take that stigma away from it. Yeah, I've been, I've been guilty of those those um, those put-off moments, right, where where I'd offer the beer. And they're like, no, I'm sober. And now you're sitting there like, what happened? You're like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, no. Anybody else want this? Well, I mean, as I get older, too, I, I realize that, um, you know, I've I've – we've all struggled with something I've struggled with, with, uh, that line, if you will. And, uh, yep. you know, I've been fortunate enough, I guess, to dial it back to where I haven't had to lose it, but I've been aware of that line many times. And, uh, you know, especially going through the military, tough times, work, stress, all that stuff. So, um, I know where that line is and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that, that, uh, they're just, just as normal as you are. <laughs> just because they don't want a beer doesn't mean <laughs> they probably got more. Yeah, to- <laughs> I'm still the same. Dude, my pants are on the same as yours right now. Crazy. <laughs> you know, we don't, but wait, you're wearing pants? What's, what's real? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Forgot to tell you that. <laughs> you know, I get up, I got nothing on. Um, well, this changed direction real fast. Um, one thing I've also, like you were talking about with the miscarriage yeah. stuff, when I talk about the reason I am open about being an alcoholic is I've helped a lot of people yeah. that you never would have thought about or never would have helped because people, it's a, a stigma. They're like something, like you said, like something's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just going through yeah. something. That's yep. it. Um, but woodworking has it it really has changed my life for the better all the way um you know i've worked in i was one of those people that i never worried about not having a job like nothing was beneath yeah um i pressure washed a football stadium one summer uh i've logged cypress trees out of swamp you know swampland in middle georgia um that was a horrible day uh you know, it's, it's getting past, you know, learning all those traits, trying to do a little bit of everything. And as you get older, I don't remember the moment when it happened, but as I got older and my wife has a lot to do with me, my wife has made me a better man for sure. Um, is having those conversations and being open about what you are and what you're going through. And I try to be more that way too. And it's almost too much sometimes. Like people are like, oh, you're trying too hard. No, I'm I'm not trying too hard at all. This is this is my life. If if it's not you, I'll still be your friend yeah. all day, every day. 
but I'm not going to dial it back anymore yeah. on what's happening, what I want to do, what, you know, and I don't think anybody should. So it's fun to have conversations, especially you're right. Like the mindset of makers, like when we said, you know, you're going to New York to hang out with 500 of your closest friends. Literally, I would turn around and talk to a stranger, and we were best friends in like ten minutes. Dude, and that's, and that was the best part about that place too. Is 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 that, you know, there's some there's some guys that are way up there, and there's some guys that are just starting off. And that was one of the very few places that, not that there's seniority within the maker community, but there was, whatever whatever, titles or or seniority or hierarchy or whatever you had there was gone, and it was. Yeah, it was you know, Mister this guy with Miss this Miss Miss this girl, and and it was it was, it was fluid. It was it was amazing, you know, and 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 there was just a free flow of information, knowledge, um, you know, obviously, uh, a whole bunch of fun, um, but yeah, it was dropping all those barriers and, and just like really getting down to everybody being passionate about their craft, um, and learning about others' crafts and how how they could help. Or how somebody else could contribute to their to their life, and it it was amazing. It was it was, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it really you know. And let's be honest, there is a starstruck feeling when you get to a creator that's you know million followers, stuff like that. There just there yeah. is, and you're you're exactly right. If you didn't see those people's faces, right? If you didn't know who they were beforehand, you would have never known they were like that. Well, it. The people that were there. I mean, and not to, and not to take from them too, ahead. but like it also gave me more confidence because now you're seeing them as a human, right? Like you're standing in front of them, and you're sitting there going, "It's not so big and scary as as, as you would assume it would be." Like mm-hmm. going to meet this, um, you know, fuck Jimmy Duresta. Let's just put it that way, or or I'll trade yeah. some of these bigger names, right? Um, they you realize that they have they have once again they put their pants on just like you. Yep. They deal with the same mental problem, yep. whether it may not be the same, but they do, they deal with the same anguish. They deal with the same, you know, they have found a way to make it work. Yep. for them. I would love to focus more on social media next year. You know, I'm a small creator, but the fun thing about being a small creator is the relationships you still get to have. Like when you get up to that level, I've talked to some people that are 20,000, 30,000, they're like, you know, I have to turn off my notifications sometimes. I was like, I wouldn't know what that's like. Uh, somebody called me today? Yeah, right. Uh, like if my wife calls me, I'm, I'm good. Uh, did she? Uh, you got to meet her one day. She's my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. She's like, you know, and I like we were talking about the other day. I am not the one to ask if I should do something or if you should do something or not. I'm not that person. Yeah. Because I'm always going to say yes. (laughs) Always. I don't care what it is. If you want to do it, it makes you happy, do it. Uh, And my wife's the same way. She was like, you know, screw what people think. If it makes you happy, do it. Well, that's that Southern hospitality. You come up here, we're a little bit meaner. (laughs) I don't know. She's got a mean (laughs) side, too. Awesome. Awesome. So, all right. Outside of the woodworking, outside of, um, you know, your job, with whirlpool mm-hmm. what is like your like you go hiking fishing how do you unwind yeah so i'm i'm big outdoors but i'm backpacking outdoors not hunting outdoors i i have hunted in the past but i really enjoy backpacking i, I enjoy everything being on yeah. me 
that I need. Um, we'll go for several days. Um, and we'll try to get a trip together in January with some buddies. Like minimalist survival uh, or like more like. No, like... no. I mean, I've spent some time building up my yeah. gear. I like to be comfortable, yeah. but it is, it is kind of minimalist. Um, but uh, you know, if it can't fit in my backpack, it doesn't go yeah. with me. Right now, do I have a 65 liter backpack? Absolutely. You know, but I love to, my wife and I started going hiking last year with the dog. It was awesome. We're going to, we've started traveling. We've, we've started, uh, we've, we played a new game this year. We put three places each. We wrote on a little piece of paper. We watered it up. Uh, one was within six hours driving. Yeah. One was in North America, either Canada, Mexico, or U.S. Uh, and one was international. And we wrote them on this, and we put them in a cup, shook it up, and had our mother, her mother uh, pick. And the last one in the cup is where we're yeah. going this year. Uh, I think we're, we're going to D.C. this year. She's never been. I haven't been since I was a kid. But we're starting to travel more. I love to travel. Go um, source that Peruvian wood. Right. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you can't take true story. <laughs> true story. I was in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I went by a shop, uh, Rustic Designs by Rich. Um, makes river okay. tables. Uh, him and his son. And he sent me, while I was up there for my day job, he sent me, he said, hey, you need to go see my lumber yard. So he sent me the address. I went down there. I'm not kidding you. They had Paduk trees, not little slabs. Yeah. I'm talking these. This is where they import from overseas. This is the first stop. These trees were the slabs were wider than my reach, and I've got a six foot three, six foot four wingspan. Yeah. Um, and talk about the size of a school bus. These sections of trees. I mean, I see that's that's crazy because my wife was in the hardwood flooring industry and just. Just the, the you know, how to keep a lot of that wood, climate control and all that stuff. I couldn't imagine seeing something like that sitting on a container ship for, you know, for like, how, how does yeah. it get shipped? Like what it, that's got to be a process in its own right. And I, I just think to myself, that's one of those things that like, it can go bad real fast. <laughs> like, that's just my thought. Like, like, oh. Like you're the, like, did you leave the stove on? <laughs> like, did you, did you wax the end of the tree or paint the end? It, you know, it can go bad. Yeah. Fast. Um, but yeah, I love to hike. Um, I, I love my wife. That's, uh, we have started in the last few years, really taking time for ourselves. We can sit on the couch one night on a Friday night and just not speak, yeah. but because we're by, you know, trying to slow down a little bit more as we get older just to enjoy it because it does go by quick. Um, you know, our son's 26 yesterday, like daughter's 20. Um, it flies yeah, real fast. Yeah. I'm starting to see that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be that old, old guy. That's, that's like, Oh, enjoy this while it lasts, but it's true. I mean, I just, I had, I had one infant, two infants. Now I got, I mean, they're six and eight, but they might as well be 14. You know what I mean? And pretty yeah. soon they'll be out of the house. Do you have a daughter? I do. She's uh, eight. Okay. When she's 15, don't call me. <laughs> I got nothing for you, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I dealt with a bad hair day with the 15-year-old. Like, she decided she wanted a pixie yeah. cut, oh. like the short hair yeah. cut. 
I was so bad. And I was a new, at the time, new stepdad coming into it, like within a, less than a year in, and this happened. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's another thing is family. We have family dinner night every Sunday. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's big. the kids. That's big. Yeah. The kids come over. We do, you know, big meals. I don't know. I never really thought about it. I don't do much. I'm kind of boring. <laughs> no, I mean, this is, like I said, I mean, we're getting to the end of the, the end of the show, but I mean, yeah, it's, you're not boring by any means. Um, I do think that a lot of people look at consistency as potentially being boring. Um, you know, with my, with my life in the automotive industry and my hyperactivity and all, what you can put a label on it, but I'm not going to anyway. So, um, it was just one of those things that like I was constantly doing something different and had my hands involved in other things. And, but when I looked at the person that, you know, had the routine, did the same thing over and over again, was really happy and really content with what they did. I'm like, they're boring. <laughs> like, no, that's just a completely different way of living. It is. And, you know, we're, we're starting now to have a little bit more fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to go back to where we honeymooned down in Belize. That was fun. It was an amazing trip. Um, but I also want to, like I, we were talking about the biz, the woodworking. I want to figure out what's yeah. next. Uh, do I want to add another CNC or do I want to, I think after talking with um, one of the guys from Green Street Joinery up in New York, uh, a wide belt sander. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, because at this point with what I do, time is where I make my money. My wood's locked in at price. I mean, it varies. It fluctuates, but not yeah. much. Um, machines are all paid for. So where I make more money is time. So how can I do it more efficiently, quickly, <laughs> but properly, yeah. properly yeah. quick. I guess we'll use, that's a new term. There you oh. go. Yeah, I mean, next challenge that Garrett's facing. Well, we're at the end of the podcast, and I'm sure we can go on and yeah, on and on and on. Um, but I do want to take this time for you to be able to plug where we could find you, where we could purchase a cutting board from you, where we could learn more about Garrett, ask him questions. So the floor is yours for websites, handles, books, blogs, yeah. whatever. So um... – CW underscore woodworking on Instagram, uh, CW wood one word on TikTok, uh, which I never thought I'd be doing, <laughs> um, but somehow we're at almost eight thousand so far. Um, Facebook is CW woodworking. Uh, be careful when you look, because you know I didn't think about this when I started. CW is my grandfather's initials because of his tools. That's where this name came from. Uh, there was a guy in a, that makes furniture out in the middle of nowhere that won't come up off his uh, URL. So when the website starts up, it'll be cwwoodworking.net. Okay. Um, and that should be in February, so look for that. But Instagram is the, where we do a lot of our communication. Right. Um, you can order from there. If you see something you like, uh, I haven't been posting because I've been so heads down in the holidays. But if you've got an idea, you want something, um, you see something you like, shoot me a message. Uh, I've shipped all across the country. Um, 
to some pretty cool people and, you know, still friends with a lot of them, which is really cool. But yeah, CW Wood on TikTok, CW underscore Woodworking on Instagram, uh, CWWoodworking.net come February, and I'll be posting a lot about that coming soon. Um, you know, an email is Garrett, G-A-R-I-T at CWWoodworking.net. Shoot me an email. There you go. Um, whatever you need. Awesome. So there you go. Well, thanks. Dude, I appreciate this. <laughs> uh, I really I really do appreciate you having me on. I enjoy stuff like awesome. this. We're, um, well, I was glad to dive deeper, actually. Uh, we didn't get to talk that much, um, and th- this was this was even better. Um, so obviously, have you on again, and and uh, you know we'll have you on when you're 60, and we'll really figure out if you drew out that. If we if we did it, <laughs> uh, you know, I wanna I wanna talk in three years and see if my apprentice is that now running right. the place. Uh, that's what that's my goal is for everybody around me to do better than they're doing right. now. There you go. So awesome. And as a special thanks to our loyal listeners, we're giving $10 off your next purchase of $60 or more at BruntWorkWear.com. Use discount code BUCKETTALK10. That's BUCKETTALK10. 